0: Welcome to Subway Sports Talk.
1: Dan, 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 clear up the closing doors, please.
0: Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I'm your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning into SST on Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, and on YouTube. We're here. To talk week seven picks, because it's time for week seven, and it's time for PBS to flip the damn switch and start combining some winning weeks. We've had winning weeks. We have. I've had one. Mark's had one. I think Pat, have you had a winning week? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't
2: mean to make I didn't want to make you feel bad. I sure hope so. I don't know, honestly. I think well, I've I'm, gone I'm two and three. Myself. I think I've gone two and three, like four out of the six weeks.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually accurate. So I don't know if you have, but We've had winning weeks, and but we have yet to combine multiple winning weeks, let alone three winning weeks out of all of us. So, you know, what better time than the present, my friend? So PBS is here to talk week seven NFL picks. So Pat Boyle, what is up? How are you feeling going into these picks
2: here? Well, Pete, I was just telling you and Mark before we started here, a couple of weeks ago, you asked Mark and myself, did we ever make a pick that we don't feel great about? And in unison, we both said to you, no, we just don't make the pick. Well, I'm probably going to have three out of the five selections here, picks where I'm probably going to be holding my nose and just hoping for the best. They kind of stink, um, not in the, the sense that they're bad, but, you know, they're ones where I feel good about, of course, I wouldn't be making the picks if I didn't. But I feel like it's going to, like, the couple of the underdogs I'm taking, they're either going to win outright or they're going to get blown out. So we, we shall see. We shall see. But I, uh, I'm ready to roll.
0: I very much understand that. And I'm glad that you are seeing what I was seeing in in that regard. Cause I think it's almost a necessity or a rite of passage to take a pick that feels bad to take. Cause it's making, it's holding yourself accountable, you know, for not just saying, Oh, well this team's better. They're going to win, right? Like it holds yourself accountable for looking at it from a bigger perspective than just what you saw last week. Who won, won more games in the past? You know, it, It's a bigger thing, and I like to hear it. I'm happy to hear it. Mark Lugan, how are you feeling? Are you feeling enlightened like our friend Pat over here?
1: Um, Pete, I feel good. Uh, you know, use the term enlightened. It's funny, as you can see right now. Only half my room is lit up right now, and that's because I'm behind on my rent. Um, can't really afford to pay <laughs> for anything with the way these picks have been going. Steady diet of peanuts, crackers, and... <laughs> like soup at this point. Honestly, I, I haven't seen a real meal in about a week, week and a half. So um, hopefully the the light stays on for the rest of this podcast. Um, I'm not even sure if I can charge my laptop at, at this point. Uh, uh, it's been, it's been a very interesting week for me. So we're back. Great. I thought you were going in a different
0: direction there. I thought you were going to say the only part of you that's enlightened is you because you're wearing a white sweatshirt right now. And, the, you know, the reflection off your laptop screen is making it a little bit bright in a good way. You know, it looks good. And I thought you were saying that you're wearing all white today for purity, that you were stripping down all past sins of, of bad beats. And you're starting from a pure standpoint today, ready to roll into a new week and a new time, you know, forgiven of all your bad beats.
1: No, no, trust me, Pete, there's no purity over here. And there's no purity in nine and 21 either. So <laughs> however, whichever way you want to spin this, there's no positivity. There's no purity. I, I'm lucky if I'm able to live in a two by four next week. So <laughs> there, there we go. Let's just see. Let's see what happens this week at this point. The we'll strategy is not going to uh, change. I'll tell you that it's not going to yeah. change. So
0: that's something I am happy here. been saying it all along. Trust the process. That is your process. And until it gives you, you know, 18 weeks of, of, of crap, you're going to trust it. And And I like that about you and I hope your picks are going to work well. So we got right now, Combined record 31 and 59 feels absolutely horrible to say out loud, as it is horrible. I am at 12 and 18. Pat's at 10 and 20. Mark's at 9 and 21. Last week, me and Pat were two and three. Mark with the 0 for 0 for five. But it's okay because you're feeling good and you got to pay for that rent. So you're going to make sure you do so. So, Shen, why don't you start us off with your first pick in week seven?
1: Oh, all right. Here we go. Two-team parlay. We're back at it. Jacksonville Jaguars against the New York football giants. Leg one. I will fade them until the end of time. And look, again, they're down 10 points with 10 minutes to go, and somehow they pull a win out in a game where they have no business winning. Uh, You know, it's third and one. They're They're down three late, and the Ravens somehow get called for some illegal formation. And then the next play, Lamar has the ball goes through his hands and then he throws like I think it was his first pick of the year if I if I heard correctly or or something crazy like that. Um, But look, with everything that's happened, you know, the five and one Giants are somehow three point dogs in this game, which doesn't seem right. So I'm kind of thinking that the luck has to run out or Vegas knows something we don't. So give me Jacksonville at home for for leg one. And then we're going to parlay that with the New England Patriots who've looked downright unbeatable. The past two weeks granted the level of competition hasn't been fantastic, but Hey, neither are the Chicago bears. And that's who rolls into new England this week. Um, whether it's zappy or whether it's Mac Jones, uh, I don't really think it's going to matter. Uh Ramondre Stevenson is going to run all over whoever they play. The bears are just awful. And Bill Belichick went on, a, went on a seven minute soliloquy earlier this week about how good the Chicago bears are and all the weapons they have. They'll probably score less than seven points because of that. So, Give me the Patriots, give me the Jags, plus 110 pick 1 week 7.
0: There we go. Right back on the horse and uh I might I might I might. I have a wild card in there for number 5 right now. I have a few options checked off. We'll see which one I go with, but I'm considering that Giants Jaguars as a pick as well. And uh Cody O'Connor, if you just listen to our NBA preview, he was on that show. He is definitely listening to these picks somewhere maybe during his prep period on Friday and rolling his eyes, that Giants fan Mark Shen Lugan will not back the New York Giants. But you got to respect it. Real recognize real. And if you're real, Mark, you respect, uh, you're respect. you realizing that the Giants perhaps are not real. So that's the question, Mark, and
2: we'll see where it goes from there. So pick one for Mark. Thank you. Uh, Pat, pick number one. I think Mark's asking to get hurt again because my first pick, I'm going to take the Giants plus three. Yeah, uh, I know we try to stay away from even spreads, but I mean, if I'm taking three and a half, it's like minus 125. That's too much juice, uh, in my opinion. So take them plus three. If they lose by a field goal, whatever, I push. Um, I think the Giants are are just continue to be undersold by Vegas. They continue to be undersold by the sports books. They continue to be undersold by Mark and his contingents uh, and his constituents. And I think they continue to prove everybody wrong. Because you can't put a, a true value on the halftime adjustments that the New York Giants are making every single Sunday with Wink Martindale in the defense, Brian Dayball the coach. I took the Giants last week. They not only covered, they won the game outright. I know a lot of people uh, are saying that this is one of the fishiest lines uh, because uh, the Giants are five and one, Jacksonville's two and four, um, and the line has continued to move in Jacksonville's favor. Maybe that's because this is the Giants' first true road game of the season. They haven't played a true road game yet. The only time they've played outside of MetLife was in London when they beat Green Bay. Uh, Jacksonville, they've lost three in a row. Giants have won three in a row. The parody in the NFL says, take the Jaguars. No, I don't think so. I I think the Jaguars are a team that that struggled. Trevor Lawrence is still very, very inconsistent and against a disciplined defense that has been very, very good so far with Wink Martindale, no matter who's on the field. That goes to show you how important the coaching is on this team. Leonard Williams is back and healthy. We'll see if Aziz Ojalari plays on Sunday. It's trending, I would say, in the right direction. He was limited Wednesday. He was limited Thursday. So the fact that he's practicing, I think the Giants get their two stud pass rushers back. Um, And then again, I just don't think they're going to let Trevor Lawrence beat them over the top. They're going to force Doug Peterson in this Jaguars offense to play a very disciplined, balanced, Mm -hmm. offensive game. And I don't think they're just—I just don't think they're that good of an offense, and you know, to do that. I think the loss a couple of weeks ago against Houston, in which they were dominated and showed nothing offensively, um, said a lot about them. And I think they—they they kind of, you know, teams took them for granted the first couple of weeks, and they—they they kind of, just, you know, surprised a couple teams. The twenty-four nothing shutout against the Colts—I mean, that's a team they've dominated. They destroyed the Chargers. Um, but in the last couple of weeks, they, they haven't looked that good. They've kind of been back to looking like the Jacksonville of years past. So, you know, again, people are fading. The People are selling short the Giants. I am going to once again fade the sports books, give me big blue to, to establish the run for Daniel Jones to take care of the football like he's been doing and for the Giants to just find a way to get points on the board and get stops when they need it, Giants plus three.
0: As a Giants fan – Pat, and this is not as a better, just as a Giants fan, I'm nervous that the other shoe is going to drop in the turnover department, or that the sack number is going to get bad. So the Jaguars do have a good pass rush, and Daniel Jones just kind of kept clean back there. That's the only thing as a fan that makes me nervous about this game. That the Jaguars defense, with the talent they have, I'm not really worried about the Jaguars offense. I think this is probably a lower scoring game with these two offenses here, but I, I don't know. I'm just nervous that. DJ is going to get rushed and going to get hit and there's going to be a turnover. Cause basically to this point, he's played a clean season. There hasn't been a ton of explosives out of Daniel Jones. In fact, I heard it on a podcast uh, earlier. He's only completed one pass over 20 yards in the air this year. And that's, that's insane. That's six weeks of football where he's only completed one pass in the air over 20 yards. That's nuts. So Like wh- when is that going to uh, catch up to them starting slow and uh, playing catch up without being able to pass the ball; those are the things that make me nervous about that. So I don't, I don't know. That's just as a fan, though. But from a number perspective, you're getting the field goal. Jaguars haven't been some world beater of of team that's, you know, putting people out. So I don't know, Mark. Since we just talked about that, do you have any any soliloquy to go back on here to Pat?
1: I will next week when they finally lose a game that they deserve to lose. The slug runs out this week. I mean,
2: you've been you've been saying that every week, and, and everybody's been saying that every week, and yet they continue to defy expectations. They continue to defy the parity that you think they're going to succumb back to. I think they're extremely well coached. I think you can't put a cap on that. And, and Pete, you know, you, you're worried, oh, the other shoe's going to drop. This is the game where Daniel Jones does lose a fumble, does lose a strip sack, where you get a tip pass interception. Who's to say Trevor Lawrence doesn't go out and throw three picks again like he is very, very capable of doing? Um, I think Jacksonville hasn't really shown you anything to warrant betting them as a favorite here.
1: I'm not disagreeing with that. I, I think Pat's right in the fact that Lawrence can come out and make the same mistakes Jones is making. But my argument is more geared towards they've come back from 13 down against Tennessee, 10 down against last week against the Ravens, 14 down against the Packers, and they've barely scraped by Carolina and Chicago. So no, the five and one record is, as about as fraudulent as a five and one team as you'll ever see. I said it and I will continue to say it until they, you know, play better in my eyes. I mean, yeah, they're coming back, but they're not winning like five and one teams do, blowing teams out, getting out to early leads. Like you're right. down in these games for a reason. They need to have a first
0: half where they show up. Like they need to have a first half where they put points on the board and are not trailing. It, it and it just it just hasn't happened.
1: Just one more point, Pete, to last week. The Ravens averaged 8.8 yards per carry and somehow still lost the game. Like It's going to catch up with them at some point, trust me. It's just a matter of when, not if.
0: Quickly, before we get back to my first pick and the rest of our football picks for week seven, I have to remind you NBA fans that the wait is over. It's been busy out here in the world of sports, but basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Yeah, that's for new customers, but everyone else, don't worry, check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today with even bigger payouts than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go only to bet on the NBA, and I already have this in, people. You're listening to this on Friday. You're going to catch it. Friday night Knicks is a thing you might have heard of, and I'm seeing the Knicks right now at 65 if you go to the same game parlay feature, you're going to take the Knicks money line instead of the minus six and a half. You take the Knicks money line, you get over nine and a half. So 10 point plus for Evan Fournier and Cade Cunningham over five and a half, which means six plus assist that's plus two feet uh, two fifteen. Then you step that thing up and you are ready to go. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPM. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets. If your team wins, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPM. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, well, that brings me to my first pick, and I'm going to go a different route here. I'm going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks at the Los Angeles Chargers, and we're going to take the Seattle Seahawks at plus five, going to LA, which we all know is not really home field advantage, especially with all the Seattle folk who live in the Los Angeles area, not that far of a travel down there. I expect that to be a minimum 50-50, so it's no home field advantage to start with. Geno Smith has been playing very good football. We know this. Kenneth Walker looked really good for the Seattle Seahawks, but the thing that makes me most impressed with the Seahawks is that they have a purpose on offense now. With Russell Wilson, it was always a, a, a tug a tug of war on you know who is driving the offense. Is it all Russ and him cooking, uh, breaking down, the play and then making something happen outside of the pocket or is it the run game or is it Pete Carroll? Is it, are they holding him back? Is he holding them back? It was always this, this whole debate. And as we've seen Richard Sherman just have so much fun every time, you know, something goes wrong for Russell Wilson, we have actually seen the Seahawks play really solid, really consistent football and Pete Carroll, what he doesn't get enough credit for is not making some of those big bonehead mistakes that so many coaches make across the board consistently In the NFL, one of the leaders in that department is the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, Brandon Staley, consistently being inconsistent with his aggression, not knowing when to go and when to stay. You think he's going to go all the time until he doesn't in a time where people say you should go here. Right. So there seems to be no purpose with the Los Angeles Chargers. It's something that I said to Pat. I think it might have been after week one or week two on one of our recap podcasts talking about what are they doing? What does Brandon Staley do to push them in the right direction consistently? He might be fantastic on the X and O front. He might be fantastic as, um, you know, somebody who thinks the game of football, but when it comes down to in-game decisions, he's consistently messing up. This team's consistently not being aggressive enough on offense and waiting for uh, Justin Herbert to bail them out on third and fourth down. When are they going to realize they need to push the ball on first and second down and avoid third down completely? You won't have all this stuff going on on fourth if you avoided third and fourth every once in a while, right? So watching them is insanely, insanely frustrating. They haven't been blowing anybody out. You combine that with a Seahawks team that's playing really consistent football. Geno Smith has the ability to put the ball in the air and come back if they happen to be down. I think this is going to be a very close game. You get the plus five. That line dropped a lot too. It opened up at minus seven and a half in favor of the Chargers. Dropped all the way down to minus five. And you still have, at this point, at minus five, only 50% of the tickets are on the Seahawks. 80% of the money is on the Seahawks. That's telling you right now that sharp bettors still do not trust Brandon Staley and this Chargers offense to be aggressive. And they're trusting the Seahawks to keep this thing close. Seahawks plus five at Los Angeles Chargers. That's my first pick.
1: All right. right. Round two. Um, Green Bay Packers at Washington this week. Uh, You've lost to the Giants. You've lost to the Jets. Um, now you're playing the Commanders, and Carson Wentz isn't playing. It's going to be Taylor Heineke, I believe. Um, <clears throat> if the alarm bells didn't go off after the loss to the Giants, they had to go off after the Jets, especially for Jair Alexander. I know, Pat, I think you pointed that out last week <clears throat> with some of your commentary about that. Um, I can't see the Packers losing again. Uh, Washington's absolutely terrible. Um, so, look, I think the, I think the trend stops here. You know, Brady lost to Trubisky slash Pickett last week. Uh, What, is Rodgers going to lose to Heineke now, too, off a two-game losing streak? Maybe, but I'm not betting on it. So give me Green Bay, leg one. Uh, Leg two, Cincinnati Bengals at home. Um, Big win in the Dome last week down in New Orleans. Homecoming for Burrow and Chase. Gets them back to 3-3 and on the year. Um, They're taking on the Falcons at home. Cordell Patterson is still out. Um, look, the Falcons won last week, but I attribute that to a lot of them being the home team against the 49ers. Um, you're now going out to Cincinnati, chance to get over 500 for the first time this year. Um, really outside of that week one stinker where Burrow threw five picks, the Bengals have been who, who we thought they were. Uh, tight losses against the Cowboys and the Ravens, but wins over the Jets and the Dolphins. Um, so and the Saints. Um, so give me the Bengals also to win this week at home. Um, You put those two together, you're at plus 100. So that's my second pick.
2: All right, Mark. Well, as fate would have it, I'm going to be against you in in the spread here again here. One o'clock on Fox, Falcons, Bengals. Give me Atlanta plus six and a half. The cover Kings, I'm going to keep backing them until they don't win me money. I backed them last week. They covered the spread. They destroyed the 49ers outright. um, And I've got them plus six and a half here. I did take Atlanta, did I? Or did I not take them? I think I had the Falcons last week? one of my Yeah,
0: you, you took them last week because I was on the Niners. Yeah, that you, was took the
1: the four, you took them against the 49ers.
2: Yes. Yeah, I don't know why I was having dementia there for a second. Okay, so yeah, I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons once again. They are undefeated against the spread. Um, I know Cincinnati is is looking better and better here over the last four weeks. Double-digit win against the Jets. Double-digit win against uh, the, the Dolphins on that Thursday Night Football with Teddy Bridgewater this, the short loss against the Baltimore Ravens. And then they had to come from behind. And I guess at the end of the day, it was an impressive, but the defense, uh, which you thought was starting to turn the corner, looked a little shaky against new Orleans and this Atlanta Falcons offense continuing to hit its stride, even without Cordell Patterson, Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley are a, a nice one, two combo. Marcus Mariota is, he's taking care of the football, man. And this RPO offense that Arthur Smith has them running, um, literally and metaphorically, is working very, very nicely. You know, he is making the right decisions, ran the ball six times for 50 yards and a touchdown, so you got to worry about his legs. And Mariota, the last three weeks, 139 yards in the air, 147 yards in the air, 129 yards in the air. You would think that they'd be getting blown out, but no, 13 of 14 passing for those 129 yards. 93 percent completion percentage against the big bad 49ers defense i know they were banged up that was part of the reason for my pick but the point is marcus Mariota is playing very good football right now they're getting kyle pitts involved in the offense they look they have a very balanced offense so when you're running the ball and you can throw it when you need to um you know i just think they're gonna be able to move the ball consistently down the field against cincinnati who has been like i said struggled last week to stop new orleans Uh, DJ reader is out. He's been out on IR. So they're going to have trouble stuffing the interior run. And you know, when you, when you look at what Atlanta has done defensively, they haven't been that great. You know, they gave up a ton of chunk yardage, but they've been pretty decent in the red zone. And for a lot of the reasons why I took them last week against San Francisco, the two big games they were getting blown out this year against Tampa Bay and against the Rams. Not only did they come back and cover, they had a chance to win both of those games after being down 20 plus points. So it's a team that doesn't give up. They're another one that makes good halftime adjustments. I still think the Bengals are a little bit overrated. Still, the sports books are riding them off of that Super Bowl run last year. So I would love if this was seven and a half, obviously, but six and a half I think is too many points. Give me the Falcons plus six and a half.
0: Wow. I can't believe this is this is what's going on here. This is what's really about to happen. Is that me and Mark are going to be on the same team again, going against Pat Boyle? <laughs> is my second pick is Bengals minus six uh, versus the Atlanta Falcons?
2: I can't even make it up. I could You got him at a six.
0: I'm looking on DraftKings. Oh, six and a half. It is six and a half on uh, Pregame.com. It was six, but I'll put it at six and a half. Bengals minus six and a half. At the Falcons. And I can't believe it. Once you said, Pat, that you were going against half that uh, parlay from Mark, I was like, come on. He's really going to go Falcons here. We're going to go against each other again. We are. We are. And here's the big statistic for you as to why I'm backing the Bengals here. The Atlanta Falcons defense, yes, it's been pretty good, Ben, but they'll break this year. But their biggest weakness right now, like, and I'm talking pretty glaring weakness right now, is they do not get after the quarterback at all. Right now, they have a 1% hurry rate right now. Lowest in the league. Only three hurries and only eight sacks on the year, which is just really, really bad when you're going up against Joe Burrow. If you're giving Joe Burrow time, that is not what you want to do. So I'm expecting uh, a chance for the Bengals offense to have a little bit of an explosion type of day here. The Atlanta Falcons run defense is kind of average. The past defense is kind of average, but if you give up all that time to Joe Burrow with those weapons and T Higgins is healthy now second week off the concussion, the whole nine here, I'm nervous that the Falcons aren't going to be able to hang here with the Bengals. And, and I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop a little bit with the Falcons here too. Their offense has been solid. They've done a lot of really good things, but if we're being really honest about what happened last week, even though it was a commanding victory against the 49ers in the final score, it was really the turnover differential and the big time plays that changed the entire, entire outcome of what happened there. The 49ers can beat absolutely anybody when they go up, but if they make a mistake early and give the other team the lead and have to throw the ball a lot, it's going to be a very different game script. That's why the chiefs are only minus two and a half against the 49ers this week because people respect the Niners that much. So with that all being said, the Bengals are trickling in the right direction of getting their crap together offensively and defensively. It really hasn't been a big issue for them this year. And I think this is an opportunity for them with the Falcons pass rush that's not special at all to get comfortable and to do what they have to do. Joe Burrow gets into trouble when he tries to force into super tight windows, when he's under pressure, when he doesn't have that extra second to watch the field. Now he's going to have that extra second. He might have some more time to let his guys get open. I'm good with laying the six and a half, not the full touchdown and going Bengals minus six and a half versus the Falcons in Cincinnati. The Falcons can't cover forever. So that's my second pick.
1: All right. um, going to go with one of the games you mentioned, uh, Los Angeles Chargers against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I'm going with the chargers in this one for like one of this parlay. Um, Pete, I've been saying it for seven or six weeks now. I think Keenan Allen is finally going to come back this week. Um, If he chooses not to, then we'll definitely be after the bye because, I mean, you got to see some of these tweets. So Brian Robinson can get shot, you know, twice, but Keenan Allen's missing seven games with a slightly pulled hammy. Um, Look, even if he doesn't come back and play, I still cannot see the Chargers losing this game at home to Seattle. I feel like they're such a different team on the road. Um, and the Chargers are actually winning some of these close games now, where in the past they would lose these games in heartbreaking fashion. Um, the two losses on the season are to Kansas City on the road and the game where at home against Jacksonville, where he, Herbert didn't know if he was going to play the the entire week with the, the fractured ribs. Um, so give me the Chargers here. Give me Eckler to have another big game. And Keenan Allen, if he comes back, just it would be an added bonus to take out Seattle. Um, leg two, Baltimore Ravens off the – Somehow, whatever you want to describe it last week, that the buckle at the Meadowlands, where they blew that game against the Giants. Um, you're home against the division rival Browns this week. You're off a loss, which which is why I love them in this spot. Browns just got shredded on the ground last week by New England, and that was, a, that was probably the least of their issues. They got blown out. Well, it led to them getting blown out. Um, I don't see them winning this week. Brissette to take out Lamar on the road off a loss. Can't see it um give me the ravens give me the chargers minus 120 pick three.
2: Oh, mark as fate would have it once again i'm going to be going against you here on the spread and half of that give me the seahawks plus five i am on the pete kennedy train with this one let's go oh. you got them plus five even correct correct yeah so i mean look everything that pete was saying i don't want to you know uh double up on but i just think that this offense has been fantastic the chargers defense Even with all the additions they've made this year, they are still very beatable. Uh, I think we noticed that when Houston dropped 34 on them, and I feel like we kind of just chalked that up to, oh, well, Herbert was – you know, it was Herbert with his ribs, right? That's – there's the – yeah, but the the defense still gave up 34 points to the Houston Texans. The Browns dropped 28 on them. Um, Or excuse me, they gave up 24 to the Houston Texans. The Browns dropped 28 on them. They got destroyed by Jacksonville. That was the game I was talking about, 38-10, to where everybody chalked it up to, oh, Herbert was coming off that rib injury. Um, so I, I still think everything you said about Brandon Staley being inconsistent as a coach, being inconsistent as a game planner, you know, they play on Monday night, not total short rest here. It's not like going Sunday to Thursday, but it is going Monday to Sunday and Seattle. Look, I mean, this defense, Jekyll and Hyde, could the Chargers put up 40 points in this one? Yes. Easily. Right. I mean, Detroit put up 45 on them. New Orleans put up 39 on them. Uh, But then they have the games like they did last week, where they totally shut down Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Not that that is a gigantic feat, but held them to nine points. Uh, So, you know, I just really like what Seattle has done so far this year. Um, Even with Rashad Penny going down, Kenneth Walker slid in very nicely last week. Metcalf and Lockett, they have been the number one-two punch. Uh, I was very down on Seattle this year, Pete. I think we both were, right? I was like, I'd be surprised they get the three wins. Well, here we are going into week seven, and Seattle's going for win number four. Uh, Pete Carroll has shown that, yeah, he still, he still deserves to be in this league. Geno deserves to be in this league, 8-2 and two against the spread as a dog in his last 10 games when he is an underdog as the quarterback. Um, and the Seattle defense, you know, for the most part, they've been bend-not-break in a lot of situations. That game last week against Arizona. So, look, I'm not asking Seattle's defense to necessarily cover this spread, but I'm asking the Seattle offense which is putting up 375 yards a game, which is scoring 24 points a game to keep this close with the Chargers who, just like I said about the Cincinnati Bengals, really not deserving to be six and a half point favorites, just like the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think deserve to be three point favorites. I don't think the LA Chargers deserve to be five point favorites, which at one point, Pete, like you said, was seven and a half. And even if Keenan Allen does play, I think they're going to be very cautious with him, knowing they've got the bye week next week. Um So And, of course, as again, Rashawn Slater, left tackle, out. He's done. Could they be getting Corey Lindsley, the center back? Perhaps. But Herbert was under a ton of pressure, and everything you said, Pete, about how this offense just kind of is, you know, lackadaisical on first and second down, expecting Herbert to bail him out on third and eight, third and nine, that's only going to – that can't last forever. Um, So, look, I like Seattle in this one. I think they can go out and win this game outright. Give me the Seahawks plus five.
0: I'm actually really happy that you went here because I actually had a few stats in this game that I didn't even get to. I got so worked up about Staley and Carroll and and et cetera. So here's a couple stats for you to add to your case and my case since we're both on Seahawks plus five here. Right now, the Chargers have um, what four wins, right? They have four wins. Their last four wins, which is all the wins this year, a three-point win against the Broncos on Monday night where the offense did not look very inspired, a two-point win against the Browns two weeks ago, Then they won by 10 against the Texans October 2nd, whatever. It's a Texans, not very good. Still impressive. They won by 10 against somebody. Got smoked out by the Jaguars. We know that. They lost to the Chiefs in a close one. We know that. Then they beat the Raiders by five. So of their four wins, three of them are by five or less, right? This team's not really built, not based off how they're built. Based off how they attack defenses and how they actually play, they're not built to win big. They don't do it. They don't give themselves the chance right? They shoot themselves in their foot by being soft on first and second down. And now on the flip side of that, the defense for the Los Angeles chargers, their weakness is the run game. They're giving up tied for the most with the New York giants, 5.6 yards per carry from a defensive standpoint. Guess who's the number three rushing offense in the NFL right now? The Seattle Seahawks averaging 5.3 yards per carry number three in the entire league. So those three things combined there makes me feel really good about the Seahawks possibly keeping this within five if they don't win it outright i'm probably not you know i might sprinkle it right if i'm putting one unit on the seahawks plus five maybe i put you know a quarter unit on the money line or a half a unit on the money line i don't know maybe just for funsies but i like the plus five because i think they'll keep it close and this could easily be a field goal game in in my estimation so on to my third pick here though i'm going my first teaser of the week and i'm now going to join forces with Shen a little bit again on one leg here. I'm going to go Patriots minus two and Raiders minus one in your standard, uh, you know, two team six point teaser here Monday night right now to Patriots minus eight at home against the Chicago bears. Their offense is looking better and better. Ramondre Stevenson just establishing himself as one of the best runners in the game. You know, not maybe top five, but top seven, top eight runner in the game right now. He's looking really, really good, especially behind that scheme, whether it's Zappy or Mac Jones, I don't think this number moves and I don't feel more or less confident with either of them. I think they're both very solid. Um, and Mac Jones kind of sitting out with the injury for a few weeks can kind of look at this and say, all right, Bailey Zappi just reminded me how I had success last year. I was a little bit out of my shoes in the first couple of weeks and then I got hurt. Now I watched him have success, keeping it simple. I am now going to get back to keeping it simple because let's be honest, Bill Belichick don't care where he drafted me. You don't care who I am. If Zappi's going to give him a better chance to win, he's going with it. So I expect Mac to play a very clean game and you don't have to worry about the spread of, of, of minus eight for the Patriots. You just get them down to minus two. On the Raiders front, you have the Raiders at home against the Texans. The spread is seven. That's why I get them down to minus one. Uh, with the With the teaser here, I don't expect the Raiders to beat anybody by double digits or a touchdown even for that matter. So I don't feel super, super awesome about the minus seven, but I feel really good about the Raiders winning this game. We know where they are in their season right now. They're in backs against the wall mode. If they lose more games, their season is over if it's not over already. They're 1-4. and four. They had their bye already. They're off the bye and they're ready to roll. This offense has to come out strong. The Texans, I mean, you know, Davis Mills does an okay job here and there. They're 1-3-1. and one. They have not scored many points this year. they scored 86 points to this point of the season. Not very good right? So I think the Raiders can win this game with offense alone, but then they can get some pass rush from Max Crosby, make uh, Davis Mills be a little bit uncomfortable there. So Patriots minus two and Raiders minus one. I feel really good about it. Two favorites who I, I would definitely lean towards taking the straight spread, but I feel really good on the teaser front. So that, that's my third pick.
2: All
1: right. Pick four, Uh three leg parlay here. I lie. I got a three legger in this week. Uh Las Vegas Raiders, uh leg one for P for all the reasons you mentioned, and I'll just throw this in the Houston Texans are garbage. Um, so all the reasons you mentioned plus that one is why the Raiders are gonna win this week. One and four is not gonna become one and five off the bye. Um leg two over to Dallas. Dak Prescott back this week against the Detroit Lions. Um Look, more so just with the way the Dallas defense has been playing all season. Um, I can't see Detroit going in there, especially on the road, beating Dallas in there with Dak's return. Um, it's just not happening, especially with Dallas being off the loss. Love them in this spot. Don't expect a flat performance there. And then pick three, another team, off a loss last week, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady going to take it one step further and lose to P.J. Walker now too? Um, Julio Jones is expected to be back in this game. He's been practicing all week, but I don't know. I, I mean, I see these guys practice and then they just sit out three more weeks. Um, should it matter? No, they should still be able to get it done without him. Um, they tend to dominate Carolina. Um, so yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we're just gonna keep it simple here. Bucks win, Cowboys win, Raiders win, plus one ten, pick four.
0: The Bucks oh, are I... oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead, Pete. I was going to say the bucks. I don't know if you mentioned it. You might've, I was, I was trying to type uh, the bucks are minus 11, right? You, you, did you mention that? So 11 down to money line with the combos that you put together. I mean, if you think about it like this, you're basically just buying, you know, a few extra points here on the Raiders and Cowboys to get them on a money line. Like if you did a Cowboys and Raiders teaser straight up, you would get it minus minus one twenty, at minus one each, right? So you're dropping one more point on each of those to get the money line. And you're just adding the bucks against the freaking Panthers, who are abysmal right now. And you get plus 110. That's your third plus. Well, you have one at even at plus 100. You got two now picks at plus 110. So, hey, if we're counting real money here and you win those two, you're trickling even back up closer to even. I like it. I like it a lot. Go ahead, Pat.
2: Well, I know this pick is going to lose because you, me, and Mark are all on the same side in some degree. I've got a parlay here. Cowboys money line, Raiders minus 2.5, minus 118 odds. And now that I think all three of us are on the Raiders and two of us are on the Cowboys, you know it's going to lose, right? <laughs> I mean, we're all expecting. I think we also think Houston is so bad because they didn't even play last week. I think they lost to the bye. Pete, go ahead.
0: <laughs> That's funny. No, I'm laughing at the bye joke. But no, uh, I said I was going to say just wait, just wait for my next pick.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling all three of us are on both the Cowboys and the Raiders. Uh, Houston coming off of the bye, but the week before that, the surprise went at Jacksonville, the defense played so great Uh, Vegas. I mean, look, not only for my faith, backing them to win the AFC West, uh, if that has any chance of remotely hitting uh, and have any chance of them to make the playoffs, this is their season right here on the line Sunday at four o'clock, you know, four o'clock Eastern, they've got to win this game, right? They just got to go out and prove that they're the better team. Uh, But I can already see this is going to come down to the final five minutes because it's not trending in the right direction for both Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. Both did not practice on Thursday. Waller barely even played in that game last week against the Chiefs. Basically went out on the first uh, series. So I'm not optimistic that either of them play. You're going to have to have a huge game from Devontae Adams. Josh Jacobs is going to have to continue to run the ball well. And can Vegas' is secondary, can they, can they get a couple of turnovers against Davis Mills? Please, because we know that Houston's defense, for the most part, they have talent. They have potential. Derek Stingley's been very good at times this year. The pass rush, you know, inconsistent. Can he just show up and beat the better, the, you know, beat the team that you're much better than? Can they win this game by a field goal? So Raiders minus two and a half. And then the Cowboys, Detroit also coming off of the bye. But I think that's neutralized. The Cowboys get Dak Prescott back. I think you get a spark into this offense. Cooper Rush was great for them, right? I mean, he managed as well as he could. Um, But now you get Dak back, and I don't think anybody, any arguments that anybody had about, oh, quarterback controversy, should Cooper Rush be the quarterback? Those were put to bed uh, last Sunday night in Philadelphia. So, I mean, look, do I really need to explain more about how the Cowboys should win this game? Detroit, they've been plucky so far. The offense has been fantastic. A lot of that seems to have been wiped away with what New England did. And, you know, you get Jared Goff against Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's defense has been playing out of their skulls this year, getting after the quarterback. I think they're going to make life – just as equally uncomfortable for Jared Goff as the Patriots did. So Cowboys just to win Raiders minus two and a half.
0: And just to reiterate on your Raiders side, before I go to my next pick here, another favorable run matchup here as the Raiders are number five in the NFL yards per carry actually tied for third with the Seahawks at 5.3. Josh Jacobs has been an absolute beast. If you like this game, you should also look at some of Josh Jacobs' Uh, props here on the rushing front because he's looked really good. Probably as good as he's looked in his entire career running with a whole lot of force. And not only have the Raiders been good running the ball, guess who's fifth worst in the NFL at protecting the run? The Houston Texans 5.1 yards per carry. That is a recipe for success for the Raiders. Take the ball out of Derek Carr's hand a little bit. Let Josh Jacobs really do his job. And then Devontae Adams in the red zone scoring touchdowns, doing what they do best um, with that connection. So I love that. All right. My fourth pick, one more teaser for me for the week. I'm going Cowboys minus one, as you said. So we're all on the Cowboys. We're all on the Raiders. What could possibly go wrong? Cowboys minus one. And I'm going Colts plus eight and a half here in the divisional matchup between them and the Titans. The game is in Tennessee spread is two and a half in favor of the Titans and you get the Colts up to eight and a half. I think Matt Ryan has taken really, really nice strides the last few weeks. Now um, a few of those games, he was kind of asked based off game script to, to throw the ball a little bit more, but he's been throwing the ball with some more success as well. The combo of Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce is becoming a serious uh, opportunity for them to do something there. And that comeback win against Jacksonville last week, I don't think that was fluky. I don't think that was BS. I think that was the Colts finally putting their feet in the ground and saying, we are good. We are not a bad team here. We need to show up and do something about it. So it's not a perfect matchup for the Colts. I don't love them at plus two and a half. I think, you know, I would consider taking them two and a half. I'd probably just stay away from it. But at eight and a half, I feel really good about it. Even in, uh, when they played just a few weeks ago, it was 24 to 17, that's a seven point loss in favor of the Titans. I think the Colts are a better team three weeks later uh, at the end of October here, and the Titans are probably close to the same. So I'm not worried that it's in Tennessee. I'm not worried that Tennessee is going to run away with this. I think you get the eight and a half and Matt Ryan looking better, and you're going to be able to do something here with Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman, you know, finally coming alive for this passing game. The Cowboys minus one. You guys just touched on all the points there. Just to reiterate one last time perfect perfect timing for the Cooper rush experiment to end. The book started to come out here and basically they ran out of time with backup quarterbacks. What happens so frequently is that the offense gets really simplified, right? So when Cooper rush comes in, Kellen Moore chops off, you know, 30% of the playbook and says, Cooper rush, you're going to run our simple stuff. You're going to be straightforward. We're going to lean on Pollard and lean on Ezekiel Elliott and lean on this defense. And that's exactly what they did. Cooper Rush, for all the love that he got over the past couple weeks, he never looked good. He just looked okay. He just looked competent. And then slowly but surely looked a little bit worse and a little bit worse. Couldn't be better timing for Dak Prescott to come back. And like you said, the defense, Micah Parsons, going to give Jared Goff fucking nightmares after this week. So pro Cowboys minus one, Colts plus eight and a half. That is my fourth pick.
1: All right. Last pick for me. Um, Kansas City Chiefs. Awful loss going to San Francisco. Also awful loss, but look, um, the Chiefs, I'm, I'm going to boost them up to plus three and a half in this game. Do I think they win? Yes. Do I feel even better about them getting the field goal and the hook? Absolutely. Um, rematch of the Super Bowl from a couple of years ago. I don't really think that has any bearing on, on this game. Garoppolo is too inconsistent for me with the way he plays football overall for it to – for me to believe that they're going to beat the chiefs by anything more than a field goal in this game. Um, So give me Kansas city plus three and a half on the road. Um, and then give me the Miami dolphins Sunday night football with the spotlight on them nationally Tua will come back in this game after the horrific injury. Um, I just think the narrative is there for, for the dolphins to have a gigantic game here in front of the entire, uh, the entire country um, Tua was playing his best ball before he got hurt. I don't see, how the Steelers are going to cover Waddle Hill and even Mike is sick. He may get into the act again, again, this weekend, just like last week with the two touchdowns that he scored. Um, and let's remember Pittsburgh Steelers are not, are really not the Pittsburgh Steelers of the past. I don't know how they won last week with, with Pickett and Trubisky playing quarterback. They looked horrible the entire game. Um, one of their touchdowns was pretty much set up by a 90 yard kick return. And then with, with how anemic the bucks were offensively, the Dolphins haven't had that issue all year. Um, so give me the dolphins to get back in the win column as well with the return of their QB. So we're gonna go dolphins money line, Kansas City Chiefs plus three and a half at I believe what, what was this one at? Minus 120, heaviest juice of the week for me for pick five.
2: All right, last pick. This is the ultimate. Hold your nose here. Here comes the cold water. Um, give me the bears plus eight. Um, <laughs> you know. Justin Fields, everything tells you to bet the Patriots here. Belichick has owned these spots and being big favorites. He has covered a bunch of them. Justin Fields is winless 0-5 in primetime games. The Bears have looked about as dog shit as you could possibly imagine on offense here. The one good thing that I will point out, they do have the 10 days here, how much that gives Matt Eberflus and this offense a chance to get anything going. That'll be left to be seen. I just think it's too many points. I think it's too many points. The Patriots are coming off back-to-back blowout wins, and now it kind of feels like everybody's just expecting them to blow Chicago out of the water again. You know, how rare is it to see three blowout wins in a row from a team that isn't that good? And I don't care if Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones is playing quarterback. Again, I think at this point it doesn't really matter. Um, I still think that Chicago can have a lot of success running the ball against the Patriots defense that's, that has given up $1.20 um, per game on the ground. And it's a defense right now that, you know, has some questionables both in the secondary in the linebacking core and on the front three, Lawrence guy, you know, again, could all three guys, Lawrence guy, Josh Uche, the outside linebacker and Jonathan Jones, a cornerback. Could they all play? Absolutely. They could. Um, but still, you know, there's, I, I think it's, it's recency bias is the, is the reason this spread is at eight. The fact that they blew out Cleveland and Detroit. I mean, you go back a couple of weeks and New England sure as hell didn't look good in the first game of the season against Miami. They sure as hell didn't look good against Pittsburgh. They got beat pretty handily by Baltimore. Um, so, you know, I, I think I think Chicago's just due here for a game where they give you an all-out battle for 60 minutes. They keep this game within a touchdown for the entirety of it. And, again, maybe I'm just chalking this up to just eight points. And, uh, you know, hold, hold your breath, like I said. Hold my nose, Perhaps. But I I still think this is just a lot. Eight points is way too many to just assume that Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones can go out and once again, get consistent drives going. Um, I know Damian Harris is probably coming back. So I think it's going to be a ton of handoffs. I think they're going to try to push the ball down Chicago's throat, keep the ball out of Justin Fields' hands. Although maybe you want to get it in his hands and try to force turnovers. But either way, I think this is a grimy, physical, mucky game Sunday night and it's one that doesn't end up with the Patriots winning this game by more than a touchdown. So give me the Bears plus eight, and here you go. Hold your nose.
0: Hold it. Sound like Squidward. Um, <laughs> Squidward would pick that pick as well, I think. Uh, so that feels about right. Um, yeah, that's that's a good point by you, Pat. And to give you one more note on that game, this is one of those situations where there's no big like cash swing as to where the money lies on the sharp money because it's so even right now but 91% of tickets and 93% of cash. That's like basically no difference, right? 90 plus percent of the money and the tickets are on the Patriots. I feel like Chris Berman, when he used to host uh, on the football show, uh, so you're all on the Patriots, right? Like it's just such a classic case of everyone feels so good about the Patriots right now. The bears stink. They can't do anything. Bill Belichick, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden it's freaking a three point game late in the game. And the Patriots have to score a touchdown to win, right? Like that, that is a very, very likely outcome. And whenever you see 90% of the tickets and the cash on one side of the coin here, you know, what side Vegas is rooting for that's the Chicago bears. Cause they want to freaking cash in, in that category there. So Monday night, Pat, I like the mindset, hold your nose and let it fly.
2: Contrarian, got to go, got to go contrarian when you can. And
0: and so with that being said, I'm going to go kind of contrarian, contrarian. I'm doing some reverse, reverse psychology here because this is a non-contrarian pick, but it's such an obvious non-contrarian pick that it feels obvious. I mean, that it feels right. If that makes any sense at all. So I'm going with (laughs) the green Bay Packers minus four and a half at the Washington commanders. Uh, listen, the Packers have been a disaster for two weeks in a row now. I mean, you can argue about the Giants game. What could have, should have, would have happened. Uh, you can argue, you can't really argue about the Jets game because the Packers just got beat and that defensive line for the Jets was all over Rodgers. The Washington strength is in their defensive line. Uh, they have a, um, a hurry rate that's better than most in the league. They've had 19 sacks as a defense so far this year. So that's what makes me nervous, right? But when you think about this game here, it's almost too obvious. It's like one of the sharp bets that p- the public think they're figuring out, right? Like everyone's thinking, oh, it's you can't bet the Packers again because they just lost twice to these bad teams. You got to go with the Commanders. I'm just going the opposite way again, and I'm just going to bet on Aaron Rodgers to figure it the heck out at one of these points. And, and where he has his benefit is that the Commanders' pass defense isn't very good. Even though they do get after the quarterback a little bit, they're giving it up. Uh, bottom five in the league from a passing perspective on yards per play defensively, and their run defense is in the lower half. I think it's ranked; um, it's the twelfth worst in the league. Right, so their defense isn't anything to write home about. It is just a defense that can kind of get after the quarterback. But if you don't think that Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers are absolutely embarrassed with how they played the last two weeks. Then I don't think you quite understand Aaron Rodgers. For as weird as he can be, for as aloof as he can seem, this guy is clearly, clearly an ultimate competitor, and he will not allow his team to get embarrassed three weeks in a row. And also, you got to call out this Green Bay defense. They've been, you know, touted before the season started as a really talented group that can do a lot of things uh, with some talent in the, D- in the DBs and on the defensive line. Hasn't quite come to fruition with how they've performed. And it has to show up. It has to be different here at some point. And yeah, they're, they're kind of fine right now. They're sitting at three and three with a negative point differential lost two in a row to the New York teams. They're not losing three in a row and they're going to put down the Washington commanders. I know you can argue about Carson Wentz versus Heineke. There's a very good reason why Taylor Heineke is not the quarterback of the Washington commanders because he had an entire year last year to figure it out and prove that he can be the quarterback of a franchise And he didn't do it. They were so happy to bring in Carson Wentz, who's been a disaster in his own right, right? And soon as Carson Wentz is healthy, he'll be back out there. So I'm not expecting Heineke to put on one of these crazy performances. There's plenty of tape out there on Heineke to watch the Packers minus four and a half. I'm holding my nose a little bit too here, Pat, because it feels so obvious to take the Packers that everyone probably wants to take the Commanders. And then I'm doubling down another time and just going right back to the Packers Minus four and a half, that is my last pick. So there we have it. There we have it, folks. How are we feeling, Pat, Mark? How are we feeling today with these picks out here now, ready to roll? Week seven, are we having some winners here? What are we doing?
2: I mean, I feel like I could either go 5-0 and or or 0-5 this week. I feel like there's not going to be any in between. I'm either due for finally a huge week or just unmitigated disaster.
1: Mark. Um what? I <laughs> mean I don't make picks thinking they're gonna lose. Um True. are they going to lose? We'll see Sunday. Um let me tell you, I'm really getting sick of seeing oh and five, one and four, and two and three, and nine and twenty-one. Um but I'm only what three games off the lead. Um, so I'm playing in one of the worst picking divisions in all of the United States, apparently. <laughs>
2: you're, so, in the AFC, you're in the AFC South.
1: I mean, at some point, I, I I just continue to look at it, continue to be dumbfounded how these picks lose, and we're only six weeks in. I got, what, 12 left or something like that. I stand by it, and the, I will turn it around. Or you could just call my picks the Titanic at the end of the year. I, I, I don't know what to tell you.
0: So Mark, has this been your strategy for a couple of years, right? Like you've been using this strategy of the, of the money line parlays and the teasers for, for some time, right?
1: Multiple, multiple years, Pete, multiple years.
0: And Pat, can you attest to when you guys did your picks on the Boylan Shen show for a few years in the past, Mark fared decent with this strategy here?
2: I think we were all, I think we're, all of us were pretty, you know, we were above 500 both years. We did it.
0: Something's got to change. I think it's the week. I think week seven, it's the week where we finally figure something out. I'm feeling pretty good about it as well. You know, I got a little mixture there. I got my underdog in the Seahawks. I got some nice little plucky favorites that I like in the Bengals and Packers. And I'm feeling good about the teasers. I've actually been decent on teasers the past couple of weeks. I'm hoping to get those right. What can go wrong? What can go wrong? So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the recap here. And if you're listening on the podcast, thank you for listening. You can check out our Instagram at social, uh, social media at social media yeah follow us at social media follow us at subway sports talk on twitter on instagram on tiktok to see some of these picks to follow along let us know what your picks are this is the week where we all turn it around so thank you guys as always pat shen another week in the books week seven already can you believe it we're here all right subway sports talk. Thanks for listening. Thanks to you guys for always coming here and making the picks. We got many more weeks to go and we're going to try to figure it out. We're going to keep chipping away at our records, chipping away at this total of 31 and 59. And if you want to fade us, just beware that that other shoe might just drop and it might just be in week seven. But Thanks for listening. Subway sports talk all cheers.